My name is Barry Robertson and this is Insights the Podcast, your behind the scenes to theatre. Take your seat, the show is just about to begin. Hi Jen! Hi, how are you? I'm good, thanks. It's such an early morning. <laughs> I was so scared that I was like, I'm not going to really do this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you sleep well? Yeah, actually, but I did. Uh, Emmett let me sleep. So for those who don't know, I have a 10-month-old uh, wee boy called Emmett, and he's not a very good sleeper. But I think it's this heat. This heat has been brilliant, Barry. It's <laughs> just knocked him right out. <laughs> so luckily, it let, it let me have a good sleep, so I was extra rested for today. Oh my good. Well, thank God somebody's getting sleep because my sleep pattern is upside down. I'm waking up even earlier now. And oh. I'm like, oh, I just it's wish I could get so some more busy. sleep. It's because you're yeah, so busy no, and your true. brain doesn't stop. Like I get like that sometimes. You just, I think creative types are kind of like that. When you've got an idea and you're like, I need to do that or I need to keep busy. Like, especially during lockdown, I don't know how you found that Barry. Like, I just feel like I can't really, well, I don't really sit still anyway with a 10 month old, but I can't really sit still and process it. I'm like, I need to write that down or I need to do it. You do not feel the same way. Like you feel like you need to do it right right then. Yeah, I think since COVID started, I was in the class for changing over from live theatre to audio. But since COVID, my productivity's tripled. So I'm all about audio productions, but everyone can work from home for me. So literally I'm playing catch up now. So mm-hmm. uh, this week I'm just going to be editing tons of audio and trying to ring up other people and go, can I have that file, please? Yeah. <laughs> <Right> <laughs> <now>. <laughs> I know. I suppose it's good for you, isn't it, like with having the Grey Hill and going to multimedia, that you, you can work from home and you don't need that necessarily that face-to-face interaction, which unfortunately an organisation like me sometimes actually needs. So you, you, you've actually kind of like, it's kind of like come at the, maybe not the best time. It's not very really fortunate for everybody else, but do you mean at least you can have that time to to get your work done like there's no excuse really Barry for you (laughs) (laughs) thanks Jen (laughs) 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 but this is one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about now previously to all this Capital Rock Theatre Company set up a youth theatre company as well and one of the things about Covid and why I wanted to talk to about to, to about you is really about where are we with Covid what what's changed with yourself what's going to happen and that's why I wanted to do this podcast and kind of go right Jen let's let's get started let's just do this let's ask them questions because I think the biggest thing for me and getting my mentality around is yeah we have a problem with the arts but the biggest problem that I think is all the schools have been off all the kids haven't seen one another nobody's interacting they're all being stuck in their house have you seen a a change and young people taking part in arts, but maybe importantly, before you answer that question, is for anybody watching or listening to us, because it'll go into a podcast after this, is maybe tell us about yourself and about your business, Create Spark. Yeah, so for anybody who doesn't know me, uh, my name's Jane McDonald, and uh, I trained as initially as an actor. Uh, I went down to Cumbria Institute of the Arts in Carlisle, and I trained 
of a stage set on musical theatre. That was my passion. I think always since I've been young, I've really loved theatre. I've really loved it. And I thought, do you know what? I'm just going to do that. I'm going to do it. And I did. I went down and studied. And then I graduated and I started auditioning for different things. Realised that it's really, really difficult. But if you keep going and persevere with it, you can do it. But to support my additions and to pay for things, obviously, the, the world doesn't run on fresh air. Uh, I actually fell into doing community arts. So I fell into teaching, to leading projects. And I actually realised that, my gosh, this really gives back to a lot of people. And I didn't re really realise the power that the theatre arts has to connect, engage and um, really like strive to make things better. So I thought I worked for a lot of local authorities. I worked for a lot of chained franchise theatre schools and in schools. I worked on loads of different things um, from children to elderly to adults. And I'd been doing that for about eight years and I realised that there's not really, that's not really happening in my, where I live. And an opportunity came up where I thought, I'm going to take this. And I took it and that's when Creative Spark was kind of born. I knew that I wanted to go down the third sector route because I wanted to make the arts inclusive to everybody because that's a real big passion of mine because it can be really really expensive and it is a really expensive game but it it can be tweaked in a way that you can make it work for yourself so that's why I wanted to go for the charity route because I just my emphasis was on using on using the arts as a like a vehicle to engage and to empower everybody here um so that's when Creative Spark was born so we've been going for five years we see this is five years already yeah this was our fifth year and we were, this actually would have been our production week for our Big Sparks and Youth Company show. So it's quite poignant that we're speaking today. So we can celebrate that later on when we talk about things later on. But uh, so it's five years. We've went from 50 kids a week to nearly over 140 kids a week with two community projects running, working with over 40 adults from elderly to additional support needs and things. I've got a team of 10 tutors, one admin volunteer, five members of my board. Barry, I genuinely can't believe it. I honestly am shocked because I just really, I'm just really passionate about doing it. And I sometimes don't reflect. I think I go, I need to get it done. I want to be bigger and I want to be better. And I sometimes really, this lockdown for me, actually, when you're talking about COVID, has made me think, oh my gosh, look look where I was five years ago. Like, personally, so much has happened to me in five years, professionally. And you really sometimes have to take stock. So yeah, that's me. I'm still acting as well, still singing away as I've done stuff with you and Kappa de Rock and things. And But my emphasis really, my, my main focus is Creative Spark and using the creative arts to really empower, especially young people, to empower them to, be, to believe in themselves, to know that they can be bold in their choices, they can be brave in the decisions they make, and they can be themselves because being you, there is only one of you. There is only one and being you is good enough. So that's really what Creative Spark is for me. And okay, I love singing and dancing. I love all the glitz and the glam and the set and the stage. But I always come back and think, those children look so happy up there. Might not be in tune, might not be in time, might not be perfect, but that doesn't matter for me because they are 100% trying and passionate. And that's what I want to develop in young people. So I suppose going back to what you said there about the schools being off and the changing young people is they were coming to us weekly. The groups of friends, they would connect weekly. So we've had to really take stock of that and go, well, how can we connect them in this pandemic? How can we make sure that they get to see their Creative Spark friends or whoever it is may be? So obviously we'll talk about that later, but going virtual, we've kind of tried to develop that. But yeah, that's who Creative Spark is and that's who I am. And 
when you're talking about having to, I mean, that's a big transformation. Going from yeah. a live participation to then, say, Zoom classes or internet yeah. classes. How's that been for a charity, a small organisation, um, working not even in like the city centre of Glasgow, outside of more rural where less arts take place from your yeah. normal areas in Scotland? Have you seen a big transformation of that? It's been, uh, yeah, I suppose it's hard, isn't it? Because obviously we were such an, a face-to-face organisation and everything was in the room and everything was, uh, it was very contact-based as well, like with, with dance and musical theatre and acting. It's very like, you need to share your space quite a lot. So obviously with going virtual, we just had to make sure when we transferred to Zoom that it, it benefited all the sparks who were going to take part. So we sent out a survey to all parents. We trialled Facebook Live private group, the Zoom as well got their feedback on that what we're finding a bit hard is it's engaging the little sparks because they're so little like they're four to seven years and they really really thrive on that face-to-face encouragement facial expressions so really when we are doing the the face the the zoom classes for the little sparks is we need to up our energy more we need to engage them more because we're not in the room to like say like jump up or whatever so me and my tutor sky have really developed a way of how to teach the little sparks differently how we would so it's more movement based it's more up on your feet it's more recap videos as in learn this song first and then join us because sitting Mm. still for too long in your own house is too distracting and who can blame them like it's not normality so we've really had to put everything virtual uh, and and just kind of develop strategies to make sure that that we are kind of doing what we said we wanted to do obviously we can't do a hundred and 50% the way we normally would because it some things are really difficult to teach on a virtual platform like um, me and my tutor Stacey we've been developing a project that's going to come out soon which I'll tell you about later all about how to use drama on Zoom or because obviously you need to speak you need to interact with people so Stacey's been working really hard on developing how we could do that because the singing and the dancing is, is okay actually Obviously, we, we tell we have to mute them at points because it would be too loud. But, do you mean, we, we can see them. We can see that they're doing it. And our adult classes, so we do a dance class for um, the service users of Kelvin Bank, which is a day centre for adults with additional support needs. We are doing a, a series of mini recordings that get sent out to them so that they can continue to, they could watch it as many times as they like. Um, it'll be four different sessions that will hopefully get them through the pandemic until we see them again. And that same one will get sent to our, uh, we do a drama group with a local um, group called Empower in Kirky. Uh, for young adults with additional support needs. So we're going to give them the dance sessions first to see how they like that. And then if we can develop some drama, we will. So it's just supposedly, it's just kind of thinking outside the box, isn't it? Reimagining it and just making sure that the kids have got a safe place to go to because they don't really have school. Obviously, they're in their house and, and they've got their family there, but it's just so they've got that place to be truly themselves, really, and express themselves. So... Yeah, it's been difficult, but I think we've kind of got there, I think. So did it feel as though you're kind of creating a CBBC channel then to try and engage during this <laughs> me, difficult uh, time? Me and Sky joked that doing the Little Sparks class was like being a Butlins. Um, <laughs> I love Butlins. But we, yeah, but we loved it because it was just like, our voices got higher and higher and higher and we were just, we got more and more and more. But they seemed to respond to that and they were giggling and laughing and that, see really when a, if a child leaves a class with a smile on their face, any class, whether that's in person or virtual, then I know we've kind of done our job right. They've always got their recap lessons to go back and check 
like oh that was what we actually ticked that's what we did that day and that's what we can recap and we learned so if they want to reinforce that at home like parents like to some of our parents like to reinforce what they've done and help their just give them a wee bit of routine so they would maybe put that recap lesson on when they normally have their normal lesson with us um so it's also as well barry you know me technology is a bit of a challenge <laughs> Uh, and now I feel like I've mastered the iMovie, but I, somebody's telling me try Premiere Pro, and I'm a bit like, oh. So I think I'll stick <laughs> with iMovie for just now. And it's also like, as you said, like being able to use technology to your advantage. So I kind of had to upskill myself very, very quickly, and mm. it's kind of stressful with a ten-month-old and your husband is an essential worker, but. I just have to do it. Jeffrey needs must, and I want to do it because I want to be able to say that we survived the pandemic, COVID, and we, and we, we strive to be the best we could in that situation. So it's difficult, but I think we're kind of there or thereabouts. So, explain before COVID came along, what did your business look like? What did the charity look like? Give me a kind of idea of day to day what the charity was doing before COVID came along so we can now see the, t the complete difference between before and now yeah. and after. So before we had eight classes a week, so over four nights a week, over three mm -hmm. different areas in Eastern Bartonshire. And that's when we saw over about 140 kids on a weekly basis from little sparks, which are four to seven year olds, big sparks, which are eight to 12 year olds and our youth company who are 12 years plus. So we would have a cricket class on a Monday, a youth company on a Tuesday, Bishop Briggs on a Wednesday, Oakamock on a Thursday. So we would have a full roster of children's classes throughout the week. Then on the Friday, which is our community projects day, we had the Empower Drama Group and we had the Kelvin Bank Dance class in the afternoon. But out with all of that, obviously I would be down in the office. Um, well, currently I was actually coming back from maternity leave, so I just kind of came back. So I was getting back into the swing of things and I was down in the office maybe two two days a week, two mornings a week, uh, just catching up, catching myself up on, as you know, Barry, like the industry changes so quickly. So it's just catching myself up on what I've missed really from the six months that I've been off and kind of putting plans in place. So having our base, we only got our base costume store in office this time last year. So having that's been a massive advantage for us. So it gave me time, I call it my project development time, my creative thinking time, um, so that I come here and I put that time aside and I had loads of things that I had started like you know what I'm like Barry ideas are there but they're never written down or they're never formalized uh, formalized so I had to get all that done so really that's what we were like we were quite we we're quite full time to be fair like I don't really take on extra projects out with Creative Spark. Creative Spark is my main job. I do take on, I love this project that I work for the NHS Force Valley with called Max in the Middle. We use these dance and drama to promote health and wellbeing with primary seven classes. Uh, I was actually doing that before COVID um, started. So I had an eight week period of where I was going to a different school every week. So I was going to school during the day and then I was going to classes at night. That was only for eight weeks. So in January, I was in the office, mm -hmm. then I had a break from the office time to, to deliver that project because I really, really enjoy that one. And it keeps me keeps me fresh for the school mm -hmm. learning and keeping it and appropriate for that. But obviously COVID happened and all classes. So when was our last class? I want to say it was the Thursday night before lockdown was official. Uh, that was our last... Uh, in-person class so how many weeks is that is that maybe that maybe what is the 11 i feel as though um, we're on number 11 or 12 yeah so from that point we obviously it's not safe it's not safe for to for the children to come and say being safe is our priority so from from being that so having eight classes a week and having the two community projects and me delivering 
the, the Max the Middle project, I went from that to doing absolutely nothing for, I want to say two weeks because I, could, I had to get my head around it. So I took two weeks off thinking, right, how are we going to get through this pandemic? Because obviously at the start, we didn't know how long it was going to last. We didn't know. This was the thing. We just didn't know. It was a lot of I don't knows. So it was basically me trying to answer those I don't knows in a way. So I took two weeks to, to kind of develop that, sent out a survey to all parents. And then six weeks ago, because last, well, be seven weeks ago, last Thursday was our last time like our last session of the virtual term. So we did a six-week virtual term. So we went from eight classes a week for children to just join one a week, so on Zoom. So all the little sparks together, all the big sparks together, all the youth company together in the one session. So that was one night a week. So we went from having a very big rostra to having it to be to being quite small. Um, and it's hard, isn't it? Like children are so out of routine. Everybody's sort of routine, so the numbers have been really good on the Zoom, but do you mean they could, we, we aren't reaching some children um, just purely because mum and dad are essential workers and they don't have access to the online platform or that internet's not very good or mum and dad have to work from home. So it's all these different things we've had to overcome, but that's why we did the recap lesson so that we did include everybody so that everybody could take part. So yeah, it's been a bit, it's been a bit drastic is probably one of the words to describe it. Has there been any benefits of now going online for youth theatre and adult classes? Are you seeing more people wanting to take part than before? Well, before, obviously, we didn't have any actual, like, we had the community projects on a Friday, but that was, like, a, a, a member of our society that I just hadn't tapped into yet, like, I hadn't developed stuff for, because I, I didn't really have the time, to be fair, but see, now that I've got the time to, to do it, um, we we are launching adult based classes, and we are we're actually using our social media for what it should be for, and having time to actually develop content for it, and to actually do that. So that's been quite a, a benefit for for us. Like we can use the, the platforms instead of them just being about information, because that's kind of what they were before. It's now engaging with people, which I actually find very grateful for. Like I'm I'm always shocked that people want to hear what I've got to say, but I'm very very grateful for it. So um, it has had the benefits that way. We've seen a definite benefit. Engagement level and different members of, this, of our community has been better. Like we've managed to outreach a bit more. So I actually think this time has given me a lot of time to sit back and go, right, you know what? We can plough this time and use it positively and, and do develop projects for this. And we are, we're developing them right now. So it's, it's quite exciting. Yeah, you're not alone there. Um, Cap de Rock, um, the theatre that, that I founded, they were the exact same as you. And actually what was interesting at one of our last board meetings was they were saying the same thing. There's people and young people who, who wouldn't take part in person yeah. who mm -hmm. are now looking for yeah. something to do online. And mm -hmm. I think that's encouraging for the arts. I think um, there's so much going against us at the moment, but stuff yeah. like this, especially for young people who are trapped inside quite a lot, haven't seen their friends, haven't been to school for nearly what, Three months, three months already yeah. I mean that's a big thing that as a society we need to really encourage and develop that because there will be a lot of fear and stigma to re-engaging with one another especially at such a young age yeah. but one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about if you don't mind me going down this path is what has COVID-19 done to your charity in terms of like was your business steady and you know maintaining its incomes and outgoings 
and then COVID's come along because the reason why I'm asking this question to a lot of creative arts businesses is, you know, 70% of theatres will go under this year, not yeah. come back. Mm-hmm. And it's really important that yourself as a charity, I'm, I'm wanting to know, like, in terms of your business, like before COVID, what was your sales in that looking like? And now, whilst we're in the middle of it and starting to come out of it, we in Scotland are in phase one. What does that mean for your business? Has, has it completely transformed your business? Are you in a better position or are you in a worse position? Can you inform me slightly yeah. on that yeah. from a charity pers- position? Yeah. Yeah, so basically we were doing really well before we always met all our overheads. We are, my board will laugh at this. So basically, obviously we're not core funded, so we are not core funded by anybody. We rely on the children coming and paying their, their termly fee to take part and everything else is costed off of that. So that's how, because we've got that many children, that's how we invested in the unit in the costume store. And I always plough a good the amount of budget into the productions at the end of the year because to me that's what the children want that's what the children want to take part in and that's what they deserve to take part in because they work really really hard so I have to be really really creative in how I use my money because obviously I could run away with it so we are we were really good before like we were really good well like we're our our finances were really well actually we had loads of children coming uh, some classes were full some classes in a wee bit of work but some classes were full and we had our budget set for the two productions that we were going to do and we could pay them and we didn't need and we only relied on a small amount of uh, the tickets we also do a fundraiser every year and that does pay for a big chunk of our productions so that that didn't happen because covid happened that was meant to be the weekend after lockdown was announced so really the effect that COVID's had on us was it was worrying because we aren't core funded and um, basically none of my staff are technical employees. So they're all freelance tutors because we've not, we ha- just haven't got to that stage yet that we can make people employees, which, which we were so close to doing, Barry. I can't tell you how close we were. We, we were going to be doing it after this summer myself and we were going to approach one of our tutors to be an employee and then that was going to generate that side of it because obviously see a lot of funders they want to invest and the people driving the organization forward they want to see you've made an investment so we were so close to that but that that isn't going to happen now because we are literally the money we had so basically our production budget so our surplus from each term is now getting used to pay for our overheads so my worry is going forward that budget's now gone for those two shows but the shows are still going to go ahead when lockdown mm-hmm. is over so where yep so where is that money going to come from so that's when i have to get a wee bit creative in my thinking and a wee bit creative in how i just the things that run away with your money in a production like your costumes your sets um obviously we were Lighting. doing cat yeah we were yeah. doing cats the big sparks the youth company were doing cats and I I had a costume maker was coming in to do custom made leotards and the wigs. We were hiring a big batch from Shine Youth Theatre over in Carluk. Do you mean? And that's not expensive to make. Like materials aren't expensive to buy, but it's labour intensive. So it's just yeah. me. It's just me figuring out. But we have been really lucky, though. We have been really lucky that we did get. So last time I spoke to you, Barry, I was waiting. My third sector resilience fund was pending, but it has now came in and we got it. So yeah, (laughs) so we didn't get yeah we didn't get the full whack that we needed because I think a lot of people in my area, because Glory or Glasgow is quite 
it's saturated for charities, if you know what I mean. A lot of people doing a lot of good things, so they had to spread the pot out. So we've got three months worth of money to keep her over, to keep our office open, to keep the bills running, to keep the broadband and the lights on, and we've got enough money to keep me working for the next three months. So the impact on that means that I, I, my payment is paid. So when I cost up the next term or whatever we're doing next, I can take my cost out of that. So I can either make the fee so cheap because I don't have a haul to pay. I don't have, um, do you know I mean, I don't have all those extras. So I can just now cost it to pay for my other tutor so I can pay her because everything else is paid for three months. So that that was a brilliant thing to get. So I do, for the next three months, we can recuperate that. Do you know what I mean? We can, we can save towards the next production we can have. But we're nowhere near what we had before. So we, we actually are doing okay as a charity. There's been actually a lot of help for us. So we got the Third Sector Resilience Fund. For people who don't know what that is, that was the Scottish government giving out money for third sectors to, to power through the pandemic. For people who couldn't be furloughed, for people's work who couldn't stop, like mine, like I just couldn't stop. Do you know I mean, if I stopped, the organisation would crumble and suffer. Uh, and um, then we also got the Cora Foundation. We're doing a small grant for... Uh, activities during lockdown so we received that so that means that we can run a lot of things for free of cost so our family dance session on friday on facebook is free we've got three other community projects coming up that will be free to take part in and as you said like kappa de rocker outreach and other people like people will probably join those sessions that never done creative spark before so it does have its the pandemic's had it's it's horrible everything's had to stop performances and productions have been postponed that side is horrible but the other side of it is we've had a lot of help and we've had a lot of kind will and a lot of people really helping us that i think we will make it to the other side but when we will return to complete normal whatever that is is completely unknown like a, I I can, oh sorry i wonder if you were similar to us in that a lot of people have been furloughed, a lot of people have stopped working, but as an arts organisation, you and I both know what comes first in a, a family's expenditure is going to be food, electricity, yeah. bills, yeah. essentials. Yeah. Like arts, Netflix and all the rest of that is going to be right at the very bottom. Do you ever exactly. think about when you get back up and running that that is a fear for you of maybe oh, a dropping yeah. participation? Oh, Barry. It keeps me awake, to be fair, because I've worked, not just me, like Creative Spark is not just me, Creative Spark is a massive team of valuable tutors who are passionate, just like me, who who really believe in what we're doing. And my fear is that we worked so hard to get the amount of children we had, because even though we are a third sector organisation, I caught, we are a community arts organisation using arts in a different way, but it could look like to everybody else that we're a theatre school. So we still have to compete with all these massive organisations who are doing brilliant work themselves. So we had to compete with them to get the numbers we had, and we worked so hard to get those numbers. We love all our sparks. We, we love them all. They're all unique in their own way. Own way. But um, I, I, that is my fear, Barry, is that, again... When we come at a lockdown, people have been furloughed. People aren't getting the amount of money they normally would. Their bills maybe aren't been getting paid. So even though we are so so not expensive in comparison to everybody else, but that's still an expense that some people might not be able to give at that time. And those over 140 children we have could go to half that or could go to three quarters of that. And, and that makes me really worried. My tutors have tried to tell me not to take it personally because I always take all these things 
really personally because I just believe in it and I, and I put my heart and soul into it and I will be really upset and I'll be really worried that we can't get the numbers back up because without those numbers as I've said we're not core funded so I'll have to we're having a board meeting actually very soon to discuss what will look like after COVID is finished and how we have to maybe for a year and a year and a half be really, really inventive and think outside the box for our for our productions, for what they're going to be like. Because obviously we don't know how long social distancing is going to last for. So Cats had a cast of just under 70 children. Yeah, it's like realistically, are they going to be allowed next June to all be in a show together with 150 people sitting in a theatre watching? It's just all these things that we have to... We just have to wait for the guidance, really. So my, that is my main fear, by that participation levels drop. Not because people don't want to join in. They desperately want to join in. But their priorities have to shift for a wee while because everybody's been out, out of pocket, really. Because COVID's hit everybody, not just third sector, not just businesses, not just creative. It's, it's hit everybody. So I think um, their priority will be rebuilding, I suppose, their family dynamic and rebuilding that. So maybe we would be at the last in their list, but I just, I don't know. It's hard to say, isn't it? But that is my fear. That is my biggest fear. I have two questions because this goes around about COVID, but also optimistic about creative businesses. So I've heard two arguments at the moment. So argument one is since COVID, there's been an influx, a monsoon of free creative content out there. Yeah. And some people are arguing at the moment that that free content is devaluing the live participation of the arts. With that being said, and, and get your viewpoint on that, how optimistic are you for your business when it returns or going through the, the four phases before it can return back to normal? I think the free, luckily for us, we have been funded to do the free content. So luckily, our, our free content has been funded by so, so many generous donations from our... So while we're talking about people's priorities that they can donate, we are very fortunate that some people can donate. So a lot of our free platforms have been done by donations from oh, just amazing parents and amazing supporters of Creative Spark and funding. But my, my worry, you are right, the worrying of doing all this free content popping up... Uh, it does devalue a wee bit because then people don't see how hard it is to, to do that free class. So they don't see that our, like if you're, for example, Sky's work, Sky does the class on a Friday morning, but they don't see Sky the day before half a day prepping, listening to the track, coming up with choreography, researching researching the musical, researching moves from the musical. Like she spends a lot of time for that 50 minute dance class. So, and then, so but it, it is expensive and that, that is my worry that, doing these free things people might not join in once they need to pay for it because they've thought well I didn't pay for it before and they managed to do it so that but I think we're really fortunate that I genuinely don't think that would be an issue for us because people have seen the value in it I've got a lot of messages and a lot of emails saying we are so grateful for what you're doing right now the kids have something to look forward to or we have something I've got mums and dads going oh we love that and I've seen their videos come in and it, it, it honestly it, it could it could take you back it really takes me back because I think the free content can be damaging in one way, but it's also it also is 
it's empowering people and really that's what we want to use the arts for it's empowering it's connecting us it's connecting us it might be like okay i can't see you in person i can't give you a hug barry but i can see your face and i can connect to you do you mean so i think that was what the, the, a lot of people are missing is that that just that other connection like okay you, you've seen your family for, for 12 weeks straight you might want to see another face and hear another voice so the free content i think can be damaging in one respect but i think for us as an organization as creative spark i think it'll actually stand us in good stead because we invested i am so um aware of people's budgets and how they have to spend their money um, I now have my own child and my gosh, he's only 10 months old and he's already extortionate. So I dread to think what, how expensive, expensive that would be when he was, when he's five or when he's eight. So I'm very aware of the amount of, even though our fee is very small, I'm aware that the parents have cho chosen to spend that with us. So I thought to myself, well, they, they supported us. They paid that money at that time. Let's give them something back for a period of time to almost reward them for sticking with us and supporting us. So for us, I think the free content's not going to be that damaging, but I can see though how it could be damaging for like private theatre schools and private dance schools because they rely on purely that fee to, as I said, turn their studio lights on and to get their productions done. So I can see how free content it's hard isn't it it's a hard topic to talk about because there are benefits and negatives to it but for us personally I, I don't I think it'll just it'll actually help us in our message really so one of the things that you were talking about earlier on in the conversation was about the incentives and you talked about the third sector reliance you talked about some small charity funds to allow you to continue to develop new classes what um other incentives are you as a charity looking to support your business? Are you looking at stuff like um, some fundraising, any sales or special offers? Like what exactly are you doing apart from getting that, these small bits of government or non-profit support? Are there other things that during COVID that you're doing to try and engage with people or try and just help get you by at the moment? Yeah, so we were thinking of doing, my youth company are just so amazing, as in they're so ahead of trends and things like that. So for Cats this year, obviously this would have been Cats Show Week, we were going to have a merchandise stall at Cats. We've never, ever done this before. And we're going to make it an online, we're going to try and make it, we're going to try and make it online. What happens going to try and make it online? Uh, an online uh, cat store. Because this was our fifth year. We went big. And uh, I wanted to just do what the kids wanted to do because I thought, do you mean parents will hate me for it though? Because it's like a job, <laughs> a, a pencil case. But do you mean so that that was before obviously lockdown happened? We'd had our logo, our logo was just designed, and our posters were just designed for cats. And every year we normally do like a hoodie. The kids can buy a hoodie. And they can buy a t-shirt. Um, so I'd set the kind of youth company a task, like well, I was going to, I hadn't managed to do it yet, of how could we make cats, like how could we generate some income to pay for cats uh, that's creative? So could we do stickers? Could we do pencil cases? I was like, I'm talking to you guys as young adults who would buy these things. Obviously, I'm in my 30s now. I, I don't really know what's hit for those like or like youth company kids so they were saying stickers and they were talking about pencil cases and then um bags and things like that but then how could we use the cat's logo in a different way like car stickers tote bags like what what would mums and dads want to buy how could that get the message of k to spark out like how could we use that so 
the incentives like that's what I'm thinking about now is um, costing that up. So maybe having an online, because you can do have an online Facebook store, which I did not know you could do. I don't know how it works yet, but I just seen it the other day. <laughs> uh, so you could um, have that and maybe we'd have four items. So we'd definitely do the hoodie. We'd definitely do the t-shirt, maybe a tote bag and Sparks, if you're listening, you can tell us what would else would what else would sell key rings or whatever. I don't know if they're still a thing now. But you know I mean just like that was kind of my thinking. And I was also kinda of gonna do like um play packs so you could get like um packs for, of play stuff if the parents didn't have them for a small fee uh, they could buy like ribbons and um uh, small sensory balls and uh, in the pack i could put how you could play with them and a creative session in a box um all these different things that um i've been thinking about lately because I, I genuinely think we will not probably return to face-to-face -face interaction probably until January 2021. I think until the schools get sorted out, it'd be unrealistic for me to say we're going to start back in August because that's just not going to happen. So it's it's using, like, how can I use this time to keep people creative and make it as easy for them as possible? So the creative, like, that's actually one of Stacey's idea, creative play in a box, um, the cats, small cats merchandise, um, and cost it in a way that, covers the cost that kind of puts a wee bit money back into us so they might be a wee bit dearer than they were before but um just stuff like that pencils pens obviously i'm very lucky that for those who don't know my dad works in the printing business so he can he can get me all these great deals on all these different things so he's brilliant at that so yeah just kind of that kind of idea like sending packs out merchandise that was what i was kind of going down that was my next thought process that's in the next couple of weeks, I'll be working on how can I make that like beneficial for us. Um, so definitely, you're thinking outside the box, outside yeah. the ticket sales, looking yeah. at ways that you can interact with people yeah. at home or give mm -hmm. them a pack, and they can maybe take part in a class using their own initiative. And I yeah. think that's a really good way for the arts to kind of to engage. I think I don't know about you for a long time now with more and more um, town halls and community spaces really closing down in Scotland. I've always said that theatre will become the new community centre. It'll become yeah. this engagement place, a health yeah. and wellbeing place, somewhere to let your emotions go in a safe space, but also take part and meet new people. And I think that's so important and the great work that you're doing to connect during this time. One of the other things that I was going to say was, what are your thoughts, especially on youth theatre and theatre in general, about the whole industry going through COVID-19 now and after it like do you think we will still work in the industry do you think people want to take part in your charity like yeah. what do you think the new normal we hear this term all the time don't we the new normal yeah. will be uh, going forward for creative sparks and theatre well, you said earlier, like the prospect of seventy percent of theatres closing is really quite scary because in Eastern Bartonshire there is no theatre. So for me, I have to use um, Mogai Town Hall, which is a brilliant space. Um, it's great, um, but uh, when we would have done Cats this week, that that space was actually getting closed for refurbishment. Uh, it went through a proposed plan to be turned into community hubs which means they would rip the stage they would rip the stage out and make it a library so but I think a plan 
I should have checked this before I came on. I think the plan went through. The community in Mulgai wanted the theatre to stay, well, the town hall to stay as a theatre. So I think they were closing it at this summer to refurb it, to have it, have it just like new light and put, just make it more fresh. It's, it's in a 1970s throwback, that, that theatre. But it's brilliant. Like, see if you just dress it. So, yeah, I think my fear is, my fear for here, for Eastern Bartonshire, we don't have a theatre as it is. And if um, all if the, the theatres are going to close, then the nearest theatre to me, like actual theatre, is the platform in Easter House. Um, and that's a third sector run, um, supported by Glasgow Life. Um, it's got the college in it. It's got um, one of the colleges as part of it. If that closes, then the next one to me, then is Motherwell Civic Centre. But that's 45 minutes in a car from me. So it's either, do you mean, if for me going forward, the arts, I think, if the theatres close, we have to think outside the box and, try, as you said, revive the community centre, revive those kind of spaces that doors have been padlocked and shut. Like, I can dress it. I dress many a thing to make it look like a theatre. It's just getting the access to that. So I think if the theatres are going to close, which is heartbreaking, totally heartbreaking that all these amazing theatres that have been open for a hunt, like a lot of them have been open for a long, long time. If I hope that they would close their doors for a wee while to try and oomph themselves back up by using, as I've just said, community centres to, this is a citizen's production or a town production or whatever, uh, Adam Smith and Kirkcaldy, this is us using this community centre to do a production to get that theatre open. So I suppose for me is if they do close the theatres round about me, I'm going to have to really think, well, where can I do my performances? And I'm going to have to think, right, well, I have to then upskill myself again to go, right, well, I could use lighting this way and I could use sound this way. But I will do it because there's no way that I'm stopping. And to answer your question is I will work in this industry after this is done. There is no way... I this is my life like I can't work anywhere else like this is it like I, I no I'm just not willing to accept that and I, when people know me when people know that I've got an idea like I'm not stopping do you know I mean like I'm not stopping I might need to scale back which will hurt my heart a wee bit but I'll do it because I need to I want to survive to the next stage so also as well participation levels I think there might be a wee bit of anxiety of coming back into a large group oh. Of, of people just because obviously we don't until they develop a vaccine really nobody's going to feel 100% comfortable that they're not going to catch COVID and I suppose that's the truth isn't it because it's still so so uh, so new so I think maybe for youth theatres it would be maybe our class sizes would have to be a wee bit smaller for a wee while just to make sure you're doing everything you can to protect the children because at the end of the day you want them to be safe and, and you want them to be in a safe nurturing environment so yeah I suppose for going forward in the arts industry has to just it's coming outside the box here it's it's not it's, you can't go back I think it'll be a good thing actually because see some things like we do need to break it we do need to have an, a think of like how could we do this differently how could we engage more people like where could we go with this and what can we do with that can we do it outside like I love going to Shakespeare um, the oh the thing they do every year in botanic gardens like the Shakespeare uh, Bard and Botanics. I love going to that. And that's outside. Do you mean you're outside? You're you could be socially distanced. Do you know what I mean? Apparently, on the guiding stage three says you can have um, events like music events socially distanced. 
with smaller numbers. So it might not be that far away. But it, so it's not that far away, but we have to make sure we safeguard everybody and we and we use like Glasgow and Scotland is a beautiful place. Like there's so many places I'm just thinking off the top of my head here. People who live in Kirk and Tillicle know there's a bandstand in Peel Park. It's been there forever. And it's lovely and painted, but it's never used. Who's saying that Kate Spark couldn't do a, 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 a prom in the Peel Park? Do you mean there's no saying that you couldn't do that? So it's just it's just thinking, isn't it? We don't want to lose the arts. We don't want to lose them. So people have to make the priority to go, right, well, we can use that, but we can use this. I actually feel like it, it will be fine. Like, I think if people... Because there's so many more... There's so many amazing artistic directors out there, talented people that'll have way better ideas than that, that'll come forward and have, better, have way better budgets than that. And it'll go, right, come on. And it just takes that one person, doesn't it? That one trendsetter to start it. And then everybody goes, you know what, that is achievable. Maybe, maybe that could be us in this area, who knows? But yeah, I think it could, it could, it, I'm fingers crossing that it doesn't kill the arts. And I don't think it will, because as I've said, there's too many amazing minds and creative minds out there to let that happen. Like Capital Rock as well, like Adrosson is such a, a beautiful wee place. I mean, like, and it's and as you've worked really, really hard to boost that participation level there. And I loved working there. I loved working there. I love being by the seaside. I've got family that lives down in Ayrshire. Do you mean there's so many places in Adrosson you could do an outside performance? But as you said, it's marketed in a way that draws the people out to support it, and in turn makes it a community thing. Bring back the community centres. Re get them going. It's bringing the people yeah. back, isn't it? When you think about yeah. all going back, the way the community centre was such a hub for things, it just gets so neglected in some areas now. I think that, I think you're right. And the same for Capitrop. You know, we're probably, we're three months in, we've all been on our Netflix, our Amazon Prime, yeah. we've been watching show after show after show, we're yeah. now on to like foreign language shows that we would yeah. normally watch. <laughs> yeah. But I think one of the big things is, like and I've said this in a couple of other interviews like would you go back to theatre if mm. it opened in January like would oh, you I take have... even like what show would what show would it have to be for you to go to the theatre would you show. feel safe there Anyone. so you're the first one to go well I would go because I want to pay my for example I had booked tickets to for my mum and my dad, as my dad's birthday present, to see Elaine C. Smith's play in the Traver, um, not the Traver's, the tramway. And it was mm. supposed to happen. Lockdown happened and the production was in April. This, uh, I think it was it's, it's the Citizens, isn't it? The Citizens sent me an email and said, we can give you a refund or you can donate that ticket money to keep us going. I didn't even hesitate. I was like, you keep that money. You keep that £23.50 because I've already paid it. Do you mean, I don't need that back. Do you mean, like, I will go. I will actually go and see anything because it's that important to me. I would. I would really hope that by that point it's safe to do so. So obviously safety is a big priority. I'm not telling people, God, the minute they put a performance on, rush out <laughs> the crowd. Like I'm not advocating that. I'm just saying, if it's safe to do so, and they can either have the theatre seat because the theatres theatres are squished. Like theatres mm. are tight. So unless they have person two seats empty, person two seats empty. Is that financially viable for a theatre to do? I don't know, but is that if, is that a way that they could they could generate income to survive? Then I would say do it, uh, and I would say buy your ticket and go. If you want to wear a face mask and gloves, you do that. But if you want, if people want the arts to survive and they want theatre to be there this time next year, they have to get their hands in their pockets, 
and buy a ticket to anything. It's like, gonna be, yeah, it's gonna be a total different world because theatres cannot run a building on fifty percent tickets. No um, ticket sales. And no. that's like minimum, like they need yeah. plus 50%. Now, if you're talking about taking every second row out and then space yeah. it, you're probably yeah. like, what, 48% capacity? Mm-hmm. I mean, these things are not going to go, come back until at least after level four, stage four. Yeah, and I think of course. that's like an important question. And that's why I brought up, I'm like, what show are you going to see? Like, how are you going to go? Like, when are you going to go? I just meant, like, they, I think maybe as you said there, if they are running at 48%, 50% capacity, then their productions have to reflect that. So people's mm. expectations have to come down a wee bit. The actors will burst a gut regardless. Uh, you, we know so many actors. I've got lots of performer friends. Like, The Fringe is my favourite place to go because, do you mean, they could be standing in a pub but they're acting like they're on Broadway. Do you mean, as long as you've got the actors that are willing to, to participate, to keep the arts going, scale back your production costs, people just take a wee hit. Like people go, I'm donate, like for example, sound manager, stage direct, um, sound designer, stage manager, I'll take a wee pay cut just so that this can go. But then when they were back up and running, I expect you give them a full wage. But then that does go back to the devaluing thing and the devaluing, but then it's like, do you want it to be there or do you want it to disappear? Like, what are you willing to donate? Don't look at it as if you're not getting paid, but you're donating your passion, you're donating your knowledge to, to keep that theatre open. So I think maybe they just have to be realistic then on their, their budgets. Everybody has to be realistic. The actors, the costume designer, the set designer, everybody would have to be realistic in what they could actually do with that money that they have. So maybe that's another way about it. They say, here's our budget. You need to make it work for that. And they go, well, I can only do this. Great. I think yeah, maybe that's going to happen. I think it's going to be harder for regional theatres, like the Sets, yeah. the Lyceum, Dundee Rep. But I think commercial theatre is going to have to be big, big hits. Yeah, You're going to have yeah, to play yeah. at Book of Mormon. Wicked's yeah. going to have to come out. Lehman's going to have to come back. Uh, Lion King. The oh, Lion King will never stop touring. That, that is an amazing show, by the way. That is an amazing show. It's never not touring. Do you know what I mean? Like, get the Lion King out. Get blooming Frozen over quicker. Do you know what I mean? Get it all on. Like, just get it everywhere. And I suppose everyone just has to be realistic, eh? Like, we're not, as we, obviously, we are passionate about musical theatre and theatre. And we know what plays and things are like. And maybe it's not the, everybody knows what they are. And we are desperate to see them on a stage. But see, right now, I would, what musical is not really my favourite? There's quite, there's a, I'm trying to think, if that came, I would still go. Do you know what I mean? I would still book a ticket, even though it's not maybe my favourite musical, but I would still go purely to know that those actors are being paid, that musical director's being paid, that cellist's being paid. Do you know what I mean? I would purely go for that. And I think, yeah, you're right. They have to do big hitters, put the big names in them. You know how to about that. <laughs> Just put them all in there and do we get the seats filled to the to the safest way possible. Um, and I think, yeah, because if they don't do that, then well, really, is there going to be any fear? Like, I felt sorry for the pantos. Like, now pantos are a big thing, especially in Glasgow. Pantos are a massive thing. What's the chances? They're not going to be going on, are they? No, I thought they would have, but no, yeah. we're talking next year for anything. Yeah. We don't know yeah. when in next year, but everything's yeah. now shut to next year. But yeah. I think it's going to be more important, similar to you and your charity, that work is more important in my eyes rather than the big shows. Because I think people want to see stuff and, and escape. Yeah. But I think 
a lot of work now needs to be changed to from theatre participation to health and well-being through oh, theatre participation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think where theatre strengths are going forward is the stuff that the schools can't do because we yeah. know that that's going to be very mainly English or maths only and then the kids will need to learn from home. So there's a, there's a space for the work that Creative Sparks does the health and well-being of young people, the building up positivity that we desperately need in this time. But through the arts, we can only do that. Now, yeah. Jen, one last question before we finish. I can't believe we're nearly at the end. Is, I um, if people want to know more about Creative Sparks, whether you've got a fundraiser, whether they want to take part online, um, how would they get in touch with Jen and Creative Sparks? So uh, I'll tell you what we've got coming up and then I'll tell you how you can get in touch with us. So, as I've said, every Friday on our Facebook page, Sky takes us through a family dance session, like a musical theatre dance, and it's suitable for mum, dad, and wee brother, wee brother or sister, whoever's in the house. So you, our Facebook page is just Creative Spark Theatre Arts. So you just type in Creative Spark Theatre Arts, and that's our Facebook page. Uh, we've also, I've just, I just launched the video yesterday. Uh, this is the engaging with the adults thing I was talking about earlier. 10th of June, the date is set for our very first adult dance musical theatre class. And Sky is going to do all that jazz from Chicago. So we're, get, we're, we're putting the big guns out. So again, that's all on the Facebook page. If you want to sign up to that, you can just send us a message or you can comment, comment below the video that's there. Uh, we've got lots more online courses going to be released in the next week or so. I'm just tidying them up, the details up with the tutors. Uh, again, they'll be across all our social media platforms. So Creative Spark Theatre Arts on Facebook, Creative Spark TA on Instagram and Creative Spark TA on Twitter and Creative Spark Theatre Arts on TikTok because we are now on TikTok. So every week, anybody who follows us, well, any Sparks, any parents, anybody can set a TikTok challenge. So we've done four, I think, to, to set a date. So the first one was the... Uh, Ava, one of our youth cup members, she set the first one, which was the musical theatre challenge. And I was like, the fro, the fro. But she changed it to like Matilda, Chicago. And she did posies. Then the second one was the blinding lights one. Duh, duh, that one. And then the last, oh, there was just three. And then the last one, which is our current one, is Zach's challenge. He's one of our big sparks. And he's calling it the change of so he's standing as himself. And he puts his hand up to the camera and he's in his cat's costume. I so saw that one. But that anyway, so good. Yeah, the change of room one, like, I did it, so I'm going to do it, like, I came out, like, I'm all dishevelled in my jammies, and then I've taken a picture all nice, so I'm glammed up. So the change of room is any change. It doesn't need to be a costume. It could just be like, oh, ta-da, look at me. So if you want to find us or, or take part in any of those, you can direct messages on Instagram, you can send us a message on Facebook, or my email address is jen, J-E-N, at creativesparktheatrearts.co.uk if you want to get in touch with me directly. I'm in charge of all the social media anyway, so it's me you get regardless. Uh, if you want if you want to speak to Sky though, Sky is on the Facebook page. So if you want to send Sky a message, uh, you can send her like as in we said on one of the dance sessions, if there's any routines you wanted to do, send her a message. So even just follow us, give us a like on Facebook, give us a follow on Instagram. Everything goes on our social medias, on our stories. Um, anybody, like you don't need to be a spark to take part in these activities when we're in lockdown. Anybody can take part in them. So if 
if the time difference works and you're aware over in wherever Italy, Spain or whatever, if it gets this far and you want to join in, then join in. Just drop us a message, got a wee form to fill in just for your permissions and then you're good to go. So yeah, the adult dance class, I'm really excited about that one. So Sky's doing the first on the 10th of June and then I'm doing the second one. Ooh, do you know what the second one is before we go? I don't, I haven't thought what the theme is yet. It'll be old school. <laughs> It'll be old school because old school's my favourite. As you know, Barry, like the MGM era and golden oldies are my favourite. So singing in the rain is my favourite. So a brawly might be involved. So <laughs> Just not inside Jen. Bad luck, not inside Jen. Yeah, we don't need to put it up. You could have it down. <laughs> Come on. Do we need, it's like we've got enough bad luck as it is. Surely that would counteract the bad luck. Do you know what I mean? Uh, so... Uh, yeah, so 10th of June, it's probably going to be a nighttime class. We hadn't set a time yet just because we wanted to see. We knew some people were going back to work, and it is for adults. Uh, so probably a nighttime class, probably 7 o'clock after you've came home from, well, you've not come home from work. You've came out your office in your house, and you've had your dinner or whatever, and you can join in the class. So it's Chicago, all that jazz. Sky's wanted to do it forever, but obviously it's a wee bit of a risky one for uh, children to do. So she's really, really excited to take part in that she might even ask you for props or whatever she's i don't know what she's got planned but she's very excited so yeah if you want to follow us just social media give us a like and submit your tiktok challenges like go for it do you mean i'm terrible on tiktok but at least i can do it if i can do it anybody can do it barry i want to see your change your challenge <laughs> mine's would be amazing <laughs> i don't know what i would do for it though but i've just said it's amazing i'm setting the bar up hi you're welcome brilliant Listen, Jen, thank you so much for doing this with me today. It's been so much fun and it's been really interesting hearing about Creative Sparks, the work that you're doing. Um, obviously, raising the profile of the potentiality for the arts after COVID, but during it. And I'm really, really proud of all the work that you're doing and keep at it. Oh, thanks, Barry. It's been, a, it's been a pleasure to speak to you. You know, I'm like, I like to blather. I like to blather about things I'm passionate about. And it's been fab talking to you. It's been a great Tuesday morning. We should do it every week, Barry. I'll hold you to it. Your husband will hate me. I'll be like, Hi, <laughs> Jen, ready? <laughs> are, you, are you on that skate to Barry again? For God's sake. <laughs> I want a divorce. You're out. <laughs> I'm like, Well, I'm keeping the dog. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> Never mind, baby. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> so, it's, been, it's been so fun. And I just want to say as well, take this opportunity to say how proud I am of you. Like, wow, if I've ever met anybody that can take something and run with it, it's you, Barry. Honestly, you're just, you work so hard and you sometimes don't give yourself enough credit. And I, I am submitting my Grey Hill edition thing today. That's what I'm going to do after. Yeah, I'm so excited about it. Uh, so, any, as what well, was well, uh, the wee girl one and the other lady. Okay. Yeah. Yes, uh-huh. Uh, so I just want to say, well done. You're honestly doing an amazing job. You're doing your mm -hmm. bit as well to make sure the, the art stays futuristic. Like, oh my God, you're always so ahead of it. And honestly, Barry, it's, it's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure chatting to you. Well, we'll do more. I promise we'll do more. Yeah. Um, thank you very much, everyone, for joining us on Instagram Live. Uh, this will then convert into a podcast, so you can listen to it at a later date, and I'll share it with the Create Sparks and Jen. Um, and please continue to support Creative Arts. The amazing work that you are doing there is um, totally, totally a benefit to the local community. Thanks very much. Have a lovely day. Bye. Thanks, buddy. Bye. Bye.
I'm Barry Robertson, and you have been listening to Insights, the podcast. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter. If you haven't, go to Apple Podcasts, where you can subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Insight. Thanks for listening.